Happy New Year. Today is January 7th. This is our first podcast of the year. Welcome back. We're talking today about seismic sensors in North Korea that indicated a earthquake of sorts. Most people think it is a test device. It wasn't very successful, but let's get into that a little bit more. We're going to talk about what the implications are and how it impacts Japan's diplomacy. So, Michael, 5.1 on the uh, Richter chart uh, yesterday really shook things up here in Tokyo. Well, it sure got people moving really fast. Basically, it happened in the mid-morning. Everybody was pretty much clear of what had happened. By the time this podcast is loaded, there'll probably be a final determination from the authorities around the world. Right now, what everybody thinks is that they set off some sort, the, the DPRK set off some sort of nuclear test device. The DPRK news agency, very soon after the test explosion, went on to claim that it was a hydrogen, a thermonuclear uh, device, a small one. And it was a small explosion in terms of the the level of power that thermonuclear devices can reach, but it still was 10 kilotons of of TNT, which is two-thirds of the way to a a Hiroshima-sized bomb. Now, what does that imply here for our security situation? Well, of course, the, the administration immediately saw this as a way of explaining that we are in a serious situation, mm-hmm. that they go, th- they have a rote set of things that they say, which is, this is unacceptable, we will not uh, in any way allow this to go by, we will work with the United States and with South Korea in some kind of sanctions, we will work uh, through the United Nations, where Japan, as of January 1st, joined the Security Council again. Right. So th- there's this, this basically this, this script that they followed, and they, that's what they basically did. What was kind of new is, of course, Japan now has a National Security Council, and that meant the uh, Minister of Defense, Mr. Nakatani, also... M- chaired a meeting of the Joint Chiefs. He was running through his paces he yesterday. Was, he was very, very busy, uh, very visible. Yes. And uh, we had a very quick visit by Ambassador Carolyn Kennedy to the Foreign Ministry, Ministry to right. meeting, meeting Minister Kishida. So we had visibly a lot of things to talk about. And the, the evening news uh, did not consider this to be some sort of, well, something that just happened, they made it the, the subject of an entire newscast and in fact extended it to an entire hour on NHK, mm-hmm. whereas the normally it's, it's a, a, a half an hour grab bag. This was all just on the North Korean test and the implications thereof. So it's big news. This is huge today. news. Well, the North Koreans have been hell-bent on developing some sort of nuclear capability for a lot of different reasons. Mostly what they say is it is to counter the threat and the blackmailing that they are always suffering from the United States and being bullied. No, that's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, well, but probably it's its to create some sort of a, a merchandise that they could probably sell elsewhere, or maybe it is just for potentially defensive purposes. What was interesting about this new episode is that their major ally, the Chinese, also complained pretty pretty strongly about the, the test that maybe they didn't know was going to come. The, the foreign ministry said we had no idea whether the foreign ministry is really clued into what's going on in North Korea or not is a, always a question. The foreign ministry in, in, in Chinese general politics seems to be a weaker ministry than in, in most countries. Uh, but nevertheless, they were 
criticizing the North Korean government severely for this test. And let's face it, the Chinese are the closest to it of anybody. It's right near the border. Right. And one of the weird things about the modern world is we get now the the standing cams of Chinese uh, expressways and you get to see the the shimmering and you say this is is from right near the border. the things that we expect to see, you know, when you have an earthquake here in Japan, you get to see all these right. remote cameras and all their views from it. But to see it from China indicates we really are in a globalized world, which the DPRK clearly does not participate in. Well, you've seen the uh, YouTube video of the hillbilly tossing a bunch of gasoline on on a pile of logs and then, you know, standing back five or ten yards and, and throwing a match and it just exploding. It wouldn't it be interesting if the North Koreans actually hit it right, and it was a, a, an explosion of a, of a significant magnitude. I mean, this could escape into the air or into the water. But, and but, but the thing by. is, it, it, there's, the, there's the explosive power of 10 kilotons, yes, and the indication that they have a nuclear capacity, yes, but it's the politics of it mm-hmm. that they may have blown up, to be, to be honest. It's the, they really are an extortionate regime that lives off of Basically, the desire for China to have some kind of buffer state mm-hmm. on the Korean Peninsula. It really has no other purpose for existing. Upsetting China is really the stupidest thing that a regime could do. And they seem to have upset China. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of Japan, it, of course, the North Korean threat provides Jap- Japanese conservatives, Japanese defense manufacturers all kinds of academics with excuses to talk, excuses to make uh, plans, and whether there has really been a really big change in the threat that Japan has faced is a question. The the Koreans claim that they have made a miniaturized thermonuclear warhead. Mm -hmm. Now, ostensibly, the missiles, the Nodong missiles that that North Korea supposedly has along its coasts that are aimed at Japan could be loaded with a standard uh, nuclear device. But they're saying that they've miniaturized a hydrogen device, which would put it into the realm of possibilities that they could loft a nuclear weapon at the continental United States. Right. For Japanese policymakers, that's great, because the U.S. then is completely bought in to controlling and, and in some way, well, neutralizing North Korea in a way that they may not be if the threat is only on Japan. Right. Right. But creating a nuclear device of, of hydrogen capacity is much more difficult. It's much more sophisticated than with plutonium uranium, isn't it? Well, that's what the, the, the general gist is, is that while we have a, a large number of countries that have done nuclear explosions, right. fission explosions. There are only five m- countries, highly sophisticated countries, that have, until now, uh, done thermonuclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Indians and the Pakistanis have not done thermonuclear. They have done the the, the Israelis, whatever they have done. Uh, their 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 bombs are assumed to be fission bombs, mm-hmm. but. The, the North Koreans say that we have transcended all of these much more sophisticated countries. Most experts say no. Well, it's unlikely. But they have made progress in other nuclear devices. They've packed the TNT there. They've been able to, to create some sort of a fusion 
um, uh, chain reaction. Well, efficient, efficient reaction. They have, they, they've seemed to have done that, yes. Mm -hmm. The thing is, if they are indeed uh, running their bombs on plutonium from their Yongbyon reactor, right. they only have a limited amount. That reactor has not been working, and they, they don't have any other source of plutonium. Mm -hmm. So each test exhausts their capacity to create new devices, ostensibly. If they indeed have their highly enriched uranium processing online, and that's working, they then have an, a second source of fissionable material. That's the question, though, here. Right. And, and, and my sense of this, maybe it's, it, and I'm not an expert, I'll, I'll be very honest, is that this is actually an indication of the weakness of their mm -hmm. position. To claim that a tiny explosion, comparatively, is a fusion explosion, is trying to make bigger something that's already pretty goddamn impressive. Right. Yes, it is. And, right. and, and at that point, you're trying to compensate for something. And I think their compensation is that they're running out of the, the basic material that they need in order to build bombs. Well, maybe this was, I mean, a lot of analysts are saying that this was just a test. You know, they didn't quite get it right. But, you know, the, the premier's birthday is coming up, and then he's got a, a huge conclave in, coming up in May, and I think he, he's trying to gather his forces. I guess they're already gathered. I mean, it's, it's North Korea, after all. But maybe he's feeling a little bit weak, and he needs to show them, you know, how tough he is and how he can kind of rattle, rattle his uh, saber at, at the rest of the world. Now, there's always the internal politics of, of, of the North Korean elite that we really only barely understand. Yes, we have defectors, but let's face it, defectors means they were defective. Mm -hmm. They weren't real movers and shavers uh, right. within the, within the, the, uh, the system. Uh, those who are, what turns them on, what turns them off, clearly the, having the nuclear deterrent turns them on in some way, and it's all for what kind of propaganda purposes, how effective is it within the, the country, we, it's simply a black box, we right. don't know. Well, with that, I'd like to wrap up this tiny bit of the discussion. Please stay tuned. We'll continue to watch this as the news comes out, and I think that there will be more to be um, anticipated coming out of North Korea in the next several months on this issue. And I look forward to talking about it with you next week. Thank you very much. Thanks for staying tuned.